What are you focused on with attention? Where are you dwelling? I love this idea of the word dwell because usually we dwell on negative things, right? And a dwelling is where you live as well. Where you live mentally in your mind is going to be the reality that you have outside of you. What are you dwelling on? Welcome. You're listening to the Reprogram Your Mind podcast, and I'm your host, Todd L. Bowerly. You think between 60 and 70,000 thoughts a day, 98% of your life is controlled by habit. If you want to change your life, you have to start by changing how you think. think. When you change you, everything in life changes. If we can see it in our mind, we can hold it in our hand. Welcome back, everybody, to the Reprogram Your Mind podcast. This is Todd Bowerly. I'm a coach. I do work with people around the world, helping them learn how to think differently about themselves. Because when you change the story that you tell yourself, when you change where your mind is set, you can change absolutely every single thing about your life, every single outcome. I'm talking about your relationships, the amount of money that you earn, what you do for work, your happiness, your health. Every single result that you have changes based on your mindset based on the way that you talk to yourself, based on what Neville Goddard calls your inner speech. In this episode, I want to be continuing this series of diving into this incredible chapter, The Coin of Heaven, from his book, Awakened Imagination. Now, I'm going to have in my show notes a link where you can pick up a specific version of The Power of Awareness, his incredibly powerful book that includes the awakened imagination and includes the coin of heaven here. And... I just want to jump right back into this. Beginning on page 161, open quote, put off the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put on the new man, which is created in righteousness, Ephesians 4, through 24. And another quote, our minds, like our stomachs, are whetted by a change of food, quintillion. Meaning that our mind is going to be quickened by a change in thinking. It's the change in thinking that starts changing everything about our lives. And it starts with the thought, with the conversation piece, the inner dialogue that's happening. When we change that, it's like it, 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 our souls can wake up to its power. I remember this specifically happening the first time I had a conversation with my coach and he talked about the power of habit and he talked about being able to control your thinking. And if you can control your thinking, you can control your destiny. And and I had never really thought of this before. And the idea that I could control my thinking and change my life was so empowering to me. It, it's like it woke up my entire being. My whole spirit woke up to my power. I couldn't even sleep, like literally couldn't even sleep. Continuing on here, he says, stop all of the old mechanical negative inner talking and start a new positive and constructive inner speech from premises of fulfilled desire. Inner talking is the beginning, the sowing of the seeds of future action. To determine the action, you must consciously initiate and control your inner talking. Construct a sentence which implies the fulfillment of your aim, such as I have a large, steady, dependable income consistent with integrity and mutual benefit, or I am happily married, I am wanted, I am contributing to the good of the world, and repeat such a sentence over and over until you are inwardly affected by it. Our inner speech represents in various ways the world we live in. 
in the beginning was the word, John 1, 1. Let's back up just a little bit. Stop all of the old mechanical, negative inner talking. We're using some words here that are very specific. Old, mechanical, negative, inner talking. Old meaning that's who you were. That's maybe who you have been. In fact, it may not even be your your speech. It might be something that you inherited. It's something that came from the past, from before you. It's also about your previous life. You've inherited this, and it's this old language, this old karma, this old energy that we continue to bring into our minds. And if we bring that old energy into our minds, it is going to continue to manifest and create our results. Now, we also use the word mechanical, meaning it's not intentional, meaning it's habitual. It just sort of happens. This old mechanical inner talking is not one that you put intentional thought behind. And most of that is negative. If you have old mechanical negative inner talking, I promise you it's going to bring you more of the same things in the future. Instead, he says, start a new positive and constructive inner speech. Positive meaning the opposite of negative. I think that's obvious. But constructive meaning something you're going to create with instead of an inner speech that is corrosive or degrading to your potential, to your future, to your opportunities. Something that you can build upon. Positive, constructive inner speech. And he says this, from the premises of fulfilled desire, meaning you have to know what you want. Again, what is it that you want? And are you really clear with that? And if you had what you wanted in your life right now, how would you be thinking? How would you be feeling? What would this inner dialogue be? I'm so grateful that I have this now. I am powerful. I am confident. I am capable. I am generous. What is that inner speech from fulfilled desire? And build, construct with intention and purpose this new inner conversation about that. Now, he says here that this inner speech, this new inner conversation is the beginning. It's the sowing the seeds of future action. Now, there's a big frustration with the law of attraction for a lot of people out there that really misunderstand this principle because they say, well, you got to do something. You can't just think a thought. Your thoughts don't change anything. You have to go out and take action, whether you're aware of it or not. It's the thought that leads to the feeling or the emotional involvement with that idea. And it's that emotional involvement that drives the body to work. The thought is the starting point. He says, inner talking is the beginning. It's the sowing. It's the planting of the seeds of future action. So yes, you will need to do something, but but what? There's so much to do out there and people are really uncertain. I was speaking with a woman today who wants to become a coach and she went and researched a whole lot of different opportunities, different ways that she can grow her business and different things that she can do. And she's not sure which ones that are right for her. And I said, well, you don't, you don't know until you start, until you start taking action. But Neville Goddard gives some specific direction here. He says to determine the action, what you, what you want to do, what you need to do to reach your goals, you must consciously initiate and control your inner speech, right? You have to control this inner dialogue because you could take the right action, but if you have a negative mindset and you have the old mechanical negative talking that's happening, your action is robbed of power, Think about that for a moment. You could be in the right place in the right time, saying the right things, doing the right things, talking to the right people. And if your mindset, if your inner speech is not aligned with what it is that you want, you are in the wrong vibration and frequency. 
the, the right place at the right time saying and doing the right things to the right people is useless if you are not in the right energy. And to be in the right energy, you must have the right inner speech. So how do you do that? He says, construct a sentence, which implies the fulfillment of your aim. Bob Proctor drilled this into us as consultants all of the time before he passed, that you have to have a goal, a clearly defined goal in a single sentence. And he used this opening to every single affirmation. I am so happy and grateful now that. Because if you think about it, if your goal was manifested, you would be happy. You would be grateful. You'd be so happy and so grateful because of those wonderful things that you manifested and created in life. My first goal when I started was very simple. I am so happy and grateful now that I earn over $100,000 a year and spend long, abundant summers at the cottage in Michigan. That was it. That's all I wanted. I wanted to earn more money. I wanted to triple my income and I wanted to spend those summers on the beach. And that's what I did. That's all my goal was. That was one sentence which implied the fulfillment of that desire. And as he says here, I repeated such a sentence over and over again until I was inwardly affected by it, meaning it had to move me. It had to move me in an emotional way. I had to repeat it enough times to start shifting my belief that that was possible. And once I was moved by it emotionally, once I wanted it, once my desire grew, I knew what action to take. It just came to me. It just unfolded. I had to do things. I made mistakes. I made progress. There were setbacks. But I just took action on the opportunities that were right in front of me. It all started with that inward speech. Let me continue. Uh, And he begins again with a quote. That which ye sow, ye reap. See yonder fields. The sesamum was sesamum. The corn was corn. The silence in the darkness knew. So is a man's fate born. The light of Asia. This is saying that the harvest is always going to be the same as the seed that was planted in the first place. Of course, my goal showed up because I repeated enough and I managed my thinking enough and I became emotionally involved with that single sentence. He says here, continuing, ends run true to origins, meaning whatever you plan in your subconscious mind is going to come out in your results, period. There's there's no negotiation of this. This is a law that happens for everybody equally. It's just some wield it with intention and some do not. Continuing, quote, those that go searching for love only make manifest their own lovelessness, and the loveless never find love, only the loving find love, and they never have to seek for it. D.H. Lawrence. Meaning that if you, you're planting a seed, if you're sowing a seed, or you have an old mechanical negative inner talking from lack, remember ends run true from origins, you will get lack in return. If you feel unworthy, and that is the thought that you're repeating, you will receive unworthiness in return for that. This is the hardest work in the world to do, to change your thinking when your results do not match your goals or it is your current results are so far removed from what your goals are. It is really hard to control this inner speech because at the end of the day, we really just don't believe. We don't really truly believe that we can change our life by changing our inner speech. But listen to this. Man attracts 
what he is. The art of life is to sustain the feeling of the wish fulfilled and let things come to you, not to go after them or think they flee away. This is a very popular phrase, well-known phrase from Neville Goddard. The feeling of the wish fulfilled. How would you feel if you had all that you needed and wanted in your life? Find out what that is. Learn how that feels like, like legitimately. Where do you feel that emotion in your body? How does it move your body into action? What thoughts do you think as you have those feelings? How would you react to different circumstances in life if you had everything that you wanted, if your wishes were already fulfilled? We shouldn't think that what we want is running away from us. Instead, we should pay attention to this feeling of the wish fulfilled and allow opportunity to advance before us. And when an opportunity shows up, we definitely should be taking some action. We should be moving forward. Let me continue here. He says, observe your inner talking and remember your aim. Do they match? Does your inner talking match what you would say audibly had you achieved your goal? I bet you for most of us, it doesn't. For me, it doesn't. Otherwise, I'd have different circumstances. I'd be, I'd have my goal right now. And I don't, so I, I know my inner talking doesn't match. We need to become really skilled observers of our inner talking. We need to uncritically, and he says that here, in fact, let me just continue, the individual's inner speech and actions attract the conditions of his life. Through uncritical self-observation of your inner talking, you find where you are in the inner world and where you are in the inner world is where you are in the outer world. You put on the new man, your new self-image, your new ideal of, of self. Whenever ideals and inner speech match, you become a different person actually. He says, in this way alone can the new man be born. Inner talking matures in the dark, meaning the subconscious mind, which is the unseen. And from the dark, it issues into the light, meaning into the physical world. The right inner speech is the speech that would be yours were you to realize your ideal. In other words, it is the speech of fulfilled desire. Open quote, I am that, close quote. I am that. We need to be really good at being uncritical observers of our inner talking, meaning we can't beat ourselves up. You know, you wouldn't hang around someone that probably talks to you the way that you talk to yourself in your mind. You wouldn't tolerate that from another person. You wouldn't want to be friends with someone who talked to you the way that you, so we're judgmental enough as it is. We just need to observe and, and, and from a, a detached, and let me explain this, from an emotionally detached observation where we don't take it personally, we don't get upset, we don't feel like we're a failure, we don't feel like we can't do this. We need to detach our emotions from our conditioning and our programming because it's not our fault. Were you aware of the programming you were having installed as you were growing up as a kid and in your home and in your neighborhood and in the environment? Were you aware that you were conditioning yourself in the abusive relationship that you were in for 15 years? 
Did you know that traumatic experiences were creating a neural network in your mind of how you think and how you feel and how you act in those situations? And that that programming, if you act within it, gets stronger and stronger and stronger and has a power that you can't break? Did you know that when you were programming yourself? Probably not. Can we have some grace for ourselves to be uncritical? Can we just look at something and say, I was not aware of this before. And it's okay that I wasn't aware because I'm aware now. So I don't have to judge myself in the past. I don't have to be angry with myself in the past. I don't have to feel like I missed out on opportunity because of what I wasn't aware of in the past. Why? Because I wasn't aware of it. I, I think we have this very unreasonable expectation to hold ourselves accountable for things that are outside of our awareness. That's really kind of silly when you put it that way. Can you stop being so hard on yourself for not being aware of things that are outside of your awareness? That's what it means to be uncritical, right? And through this uncritical self-observation of your inner talking, you find out where you're at in the inner world. Oh, this is where my program is. Oh, this just uncovered another limiting belief of mine. That's interesting. And now that I know that that's where that limiting belief is, oh, now this makes sense why this keeps happening in my life over and over again. Now I know what my work is to be done. My work is to align myself, right, with the thoughts and the feelings of the wish fulfilled. And then start to identify with that. If you are going to identify yourself with anything, identify yourself with the inner speech of fulfilled desire. I am that. Continuing on, open quote, there are two gifts which God has bestowed upon man alone and on no other mortal creature. These two are mind and speech. And the gift of mind and speech is equivalent to that of immortality. If a man uses these two gifts rightly, he will differ nothing from the immortals. And when he quits the body, the mind and speech will be his guides. And by them, he will be brought into the troop of the gods and the souls that have attained to bliss. Walter Scott's translation of Hermetica, Volume 1, page 231, Oxford University Press, 1924. In one sense, what is God but a creator? And if we are created in the image of God or with the power of God, we are also creators. And our mind and speech are the power, are the tools. It's our toolbox of creation. We think something, we create thoughts in our mind, and then we speak it into existence. I mean, they say in the beginning was the word, right? In the beginning was the idea that matured in the dark and then issued from the dark into the light. This is important to really accept and understand. This next passage, this is all about taking back your power. He says here, the circumstances and conditions of life are outpictured inner talking, solidified sound. Inner speech calls events into existence in every event. It is the creative sound that is its life and being. All that a man believes and consents to as true reveals itself in his inner speech. It is his word, his life. Meaning that whatever events or circumstances are surrounded by, I guarantee you, your thoughts, your belief, it shapes your consciousness, your conscious perception of what's happening. And if you change that story from within your consciousness, 
all of a sudden those events transmute. Like the facts of a circumstance may remain the same, but you see it through a different light. And as you see it through a different light, you can find your path through it or around it. Or you can see how it boosts you up and pushes you forward. But here's the thing. All that a man believes and consents to as true reveals itself in his inner speech. Neville Goddard writes a lot about consenting to an idea, which means what? Which means to agree to an idea to go along with. In fact, let me read the the definition of it. Permission for something to happen or agreement to do something. So when Neville Goddard is writing, all that a man believes and consents to as true reveals itself in his inner speech. What he's saying is, if, if, if we are not the observer, if we are not managing and choosing our inner speech, then we are consenting. We are giving permission for that inner dialogue, that mindset to manifest into our life. If we consent to a different idea, if we accept the idea of our goal and agree that we're going to take action, we're going to do something with this, or we're going to give ourselves permission to want something or gives ourselves permission to act in a new way, we are also giving permission for the universe to allow that thing to unfold in our lives. What ideas are you consenting to in your life? I'll give you a secret. They're the ideas that you're thinking about all the day long. We become what we think about all the day long. Where is your mindset? What are the ideas you have continually about yourself, about the amount of money you can earn, about the happiness that you deserve, about being worthy of the things that you want? What are you focused on with attention? Where are you dwelling? I love this idea of the word dwell because usually we dwell on negative things, right? And a dwelling is where you live as well. Where you live mentally in your mind is going to be the reality that you have outside of you. What are you dwelling on? He says here, continuing, try to notice what you are saying in yourself at this moment to what thoughts and feelings you are consenting. They will be perfectly woven into your tapestry of life. To change your life, you must change your inner talking for life, said Hermes, is the union of word and mind. When imagination matches your inner speech to fulfill desire, there will be a straight path in yourself from within out. And the without will instantly reflect the within for you. And you will know reality is only actualized inner talking. There are so few moments in life where we are really aligned, where where we really are thinking and feeling and believing and acting in alignment with what it is that we want. Much of the world instead is thinking about things that they don't want and they're frustrated and angry or outraged by whatever's happening in the events, conditions, and circumstances around the world. And then they... They react, they take an action that's reactive and we're aligned with what we don't want. And that's why we feel so terrible. In doing so, we become blind to our part in creating and perpetuating the very thing that we don't want. We just don't see it. We don't see it because we're not aware. That's that old 
mechanical negative inner talking. Continuing, he has a quote from James 1.21, Receive with meekness the inborn word, which is able to save your souls. Meaning, the only salvation that we have is to change our mindset. That's our only hope of changing things. Continuing, Every stage of man's progress is made by the conscious exercise of his imagination, matching his inner speech to his fulfilled desire. Because man does not perfectly match them, the results are uncertain, while they might be perfectly certain. Persistent assumption of the wish fulfilled is the means of fulfilling the attention. As we control our inner talking, matching it to our fulfilled desires, we can lay aside all other processes. Then we simply act by clear imagination and intention. We imagine the wish fulfilled and carry on mental conversations from that premise. One of my favorite passages in this entire chapter is right here in the middle. Because we don't have that ability to perfectly match our inner speech to fulfill desire, and we're not monitoring our thoughts 24-7, we just can't do that, our results are uncertain, meaning that some days we make progress and we have a, a... Amazing things happen and we're in flow and we have these miracle manifestations. And then maybe the things that we really want that we maybe want with a little too much lack energy, we have completely unpredictable results. And then we think that there's something wrong with the world or there's something wrong with the spiritual law that we live our lives by when really it's just, it's just our, our weakness, our human weakness of not matching our our inner conversations to our fulfilled desire. And proof of that, all we have to look at is like, how are we thinking? The exercise I gave you in the last podcast was to write down a description of an event, a condition, or circumstance that you didn't like and to be working on changing that. I guarantee you, your inner speech matches perfectly the results that you're getting. If you're frustrated with your boss and your job and your pay, you're arguing about it in your mind. You're having that negative old mechanical inner talking happening nonstop 24-7 and it matches your results, doesn't it? But we think that the result happens and then we're talking about it in our mind. That's what we think, but that's not the case. It's this collaborative, creative union between our thoughts and reality between our thoughts and the universe that create our reality. And if we just consistently focus on matching our inner thoughts, our inner speech to fulfilled desire, we'd see that it would change. Listen here. Through controlled inner talking from premises of fulfilled desire, seeming miracles are performed. The future becomes the present and reveals itself in our inner speech. To be held by the inner speech of fulfilled desire is to be safely anchored in life. Our lives may seem to be broken by events, but they are never broken so long as we retain the inner speech of fulfilled desire. Meaning if we keep that inner speech of fulfilled desire, all of a sudden events and conditions and circumstances don't have as much hold and sway and power over our lives. In fact, they, we don't seem to have these broken events that seem to haphazardly happen. They actually, we look at them and go, oh, there's some divine power and constant at the back of all of reality. 
that I can be tapped into, that can guide me through whatever the events and circumstances are. Continuing, he says, all happiness depends on the active, voluntary use of imagination to construct and inwardly affirm that we are what we want to be. Let me say that again. All happiness depends on the active, voluntary use of imagination to construct and inwardly affirm that we are what we want to be. We match ourselves to our ideals by constantly remembering our aim and identifying ourselves with it. We fuse with our aims by frequently occupying the feeling of our wish fulfilled. It is the frequency, the habitual occupancy that is the secret of success. The oftener we do it, the more natural it is. Fancy assembles, continuous imagination fuses. Okay, there's so much to unpack in here. To be honest, most people in reality in the world around us are pretty passive. They're acting as victims of circumstances. Different things happened and their life kind of floats down the stream, subject to waves and winds, instead of being a creative force and power. We need to be active, active, voluntary use of imagination. And so many of us that maybe had a great imagination as kids, we moved into the public school system or as growing up and as adults, a lot of people said, stop, quit, stop imagining things. Stop daydreaming, pay attention. And we've lost this ability to imagine and create in our minds what we want life to be like. And as a skill, it atrophies and we have to relearn it. But even here, he says, we fuse with our aims by frequently occupying the feeling of the wish fulfilled. It is the frequency, meaning the habitual occupancy that is the secret of success. How do you feel the majority of your life, the majority of your day, feeling positive, are you encouraged? Are you optimistic? Or are you frustrated, powerless, feeling like you're a victim of conditions and circumstances? This is that state fulfilled that we're fused with, the current state fulfilled. We're so locked into our current results, we can't think outside of that. When really, it's the habitual occupancy of a different frequency of thought that changes everything. And the more we do it, the more natural it is. Because when you first set your goal and you start to reprogram your mind to a different frequency of thought, I promise you, your mind is going to fight back and say, who the hell do you think you are? You can't do this. It feels uncomfortable. It's like putting on a pair of shoes for the first time that just is really tight. But the more often you wear those shoes, the more comfortable they become, the more they become your favorite shoes. The more, those are the only shoes you want to wear. You have to get past that discomfort stage. So here's your assignment. Let me continue reading because he's going to give you what the task is. It is possible to resolve every situation by the proper use of imagination. Our task is to get the right sentence. The one which implies that our desire is realized and fire the imagination with it. Meaning, what's your goal? What's that affirmation? Remember, I shared mine. I am so happy and grateful now that I earn over six figures and I spend long, abundant summers at the cottage in Michigan. 
what I did is I fired my imagination with it. Firing, I mean, we're talking about pottery, right? And taking clay and applying tremendous heat to it. And that heat turns this clay into pottery. We fire our imagination with this one sentence. We repeat it over and over again. We get emotionally involved and we turn up the heat on this until it crystallizes and becomes solid. Your job, your task is to get the right sentence. The one which implies that our desire is realized and fire the imagination with it. All this is intimately connected with the mystery of the still small voice, meaning that you take that sentence and you repeat it over and over. He says here, inner talking reveals the activities of imagination, activities which are the causes of the circumstances of life. And as a rule, man is totally unaware of his inner talking and therefore sees himself not as the cause, but the victim of circumstance. To consciously create circumstance, man must consciously direct his inner speech, matching the still small voice. That's your voice of your imagination in your head. Matching the still small voice to his fulfilled desires. He calls things not seen as though they were. Romans 4, 17. Your task is to find the right sentence this week. The one which implies the fulfillment of of your desire, and begin repeating it to yourself. Fire your imagination, fire your whole soul with that sentence and become emotionally involved with it. It's going to be uncomfortable at first, but the more you do it, the more comfortable it will become. And that is how miracles happen. This is how the law of attraction works or the law of assumption, however you want to call it. What Neville Goddard is talking about The oftener we do it, the more natural it is. Fancy assembles, continuous imagination fuses. And the state with which we are fused becomes our results, becomes a real thing. On the next episode of the podcast, I'm going to finish up my deep dive into the coin of heaven and Neville Goddard's work from Awakened Imagination. Until then, please subscribe to the Reprogram Your Mind podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you can rate the podcast or leave a review on whatever platform you're using, I would much appreciate it. In fact, I want to share a review at the end of October. This is from D. Harrell 563 I've been a fan of self-help books and podcasts for over 13 years now. I truly believe that Todd's content came to me at the perfect time when my mind was mature enough to truly grasp the concepts that he speaks of. This is not your average podcast. The idea is are new and fresh to my young mind and encourage me to live a better life on a deeper level than any book I've read. The podcast is very easy to listen to and constantly provokes thoughts I have never thought before, even after listening to every episode twice. Well, I really, I really, really appreciate that compliment. And really, that's the whole purpose of what I'm doing. I'm hoping that you guys do this that you're listening to this more than once and that you're having new thoughts because without new thoughts, you're never going to have new feelings. Without new feelings, you're never going to have new actions. And without new actions, you are never going to change anything in your life because the truth is that we become what we think about. That's for me and it's also for you. Take care and we'll see you next time.